This holiday season, we all wish for hope and healing. Children and families who spend their holidays at the hospital deserve a reason to believe in first steps, in giggles, high fives, and hugs. For 150 years, Children's National Hospital has provided world-class care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to help patients and healthcare heroes this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org slash holiday. That's childrensnational.org slash holiday. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. That long day behind you, good times lie ahead. With company worth keeping, that'll bash a smile on your head. Come on in, the doors open, you'll find just the finest folks here. Pull up a chair, grab a drink, and let our stories your ear. Cause we're the talk, talk, talk the tavern. Here you're always welcome. The talk, talk, talk the tavern. Promising beer and bed love. The talk. Madison, then some to talk, talk, talk the tavern. The song's over. Here we come. Welcome to Talk of the Tavern. Tonight's topic is going to be we're going to start out with uh, job and identity and how the two blend together. We'll go a little more into that description in a bit. First, I want to let everybody know a couple of disclaimers. Um, to quote the great Kevin, we're a bunch of cunts. We're going to say fuck. We're probably going to reference your mom, and we're going to say something about somebody's personal identity, and we're going to laugh about it. This is what happens here. It's like, you know, being friends and talking shit. Point is, adult show, adult topics, adult language, adult humor. So, if you are here to get offended, you came to the right place, we do it for free. You're welcome. Throwing bits, we'll do it. What's that? Please take a number and form an orderly queue. We guarantee to get to every single one of you. We're Americans. We're getting our guns and forming a mob. Okay. Bring it. So beyond that, I want to let everybody listening to the podcast know we are recording with a live chat audience, and we're going to be interacting with them, and you're going to hear me ringing my bell when I don't have a cat on my lap stopping me from getting it. There we go. And that means we want to read off some comments, though in the tavern we tend to just read them off willy-nilly. We're just wild and crazy like that. We just read (laughs) when nobody expects somebody to read. It's incredible. Um, Let's see. Oh, and for chat, we are recording a live. We're recording a podcast live with you here. It is subscriber only. If you want to be a part of it, make sure you're subscribing to the channel. And we're probably not going to read all your shit. But we're going to read the most interesting, relevant, or entertaining bits. So brush that shit off. Bring it on out. Okay. Although we have, we've set the bar at its usual surprisingly low standard. That's right. Right above us. So, yeah, not, not too hard. Um, okay. So I'm Travis Sivard. I'm your host. I'm the author of the Portal series. That book three just came out. Silver and Smith working on the next one. And uh, my vices tonight, I guess, are going to be, oh, 
well, thank you, Andrea, for flinging your bits at the screen. Always wonderful. Yeah. Always looking in the wrong direction at the wrong time, Dan. <laughs> we have some C&D, Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco, Irish Blessing. It's a Irish mist with, I think, a dab of honey and vanilla in it. And uh, some good old bourbon. Henry McKenna Basic Bourbon. So that's my advice. Is, uh, what about you there, Kevin? Good evening, uh, all the way from the not-at-all-sunny UK. It's now ten past one in the morning, so I'm drinking super-strength black coffee uh, to fuel my own inner bitterness, as always. Uh, this evening, I'll be smoking uh, a mild gold version of my usual drum-hand-rolling tobacco. Uh, and I will be accompanied this evening by my usual international superstar, silent co-host, Fred the Cat. And uh, I will hand the baton over to quite possibly the only noble member of this evening's group, I, I, Ed. I have, I have a quick question before Ed jumps on there. Go ahead. Would you like to, uh, we'd like to meet your little friend. Uh, surely that's something we're not allowed to do on Twitch. Yeah. No, the one with the fuzzy red ball. Wait, what friend? Where? Very good. You got it. It's called evidence. <laughs> Carry on, Ed. Good evening, everybody. Um, I'm drinking water. And I'm not smoking anything. I can go get wild on some CBD gummies, though. What are you thinking yeah. of them? Uh, very good. Yeah. Helps with high blood pressure, most definitely. Do you think so? See, I didn't know I had <laughs> high blood pressure when I tested it. Which, by the way, just so everybody knows... And nobody has any issues. Ed is in an area this evening perfectly legal for such things. So nobody needs to get their panties in a twist about it. <laughs> so. Okay, so let's see here. Yeah, for the uh, viewing audience, let us know what your vice is tonight. What are you partaking of that uh, isn't quite an addiction, but is a little more than a choice? And then also want to let you guys know, you see my Talk of the Tavern shirt right there tonight? Mm-mm. Yeah. No? It's, it's black. Oh, there it is. I see it. Yeah, I see it right <laughs> We're going to go back to that. It's a... And Ed, there's nothing wrong with being black, okay, man? Don't appreciate that kind of judgment. I'm just saying. No. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea says, no panty twisting, no panties. Problem solved. All right now. Um, other than that, I want to make sure uh, everybody knows you can get merch right here from the tavern. And we have two sites for merch. The first one is where you're going to get some stickers and coffee mugs and a lot of shirts, and including the 2020 Survival shirt is now up there where it says, you know, I've survived covid wildfires brexit world recession murder hornets i've decided i'm immortal or some shit like that um also the c is not just for cookie shirts up there i have that i was gonna wear it tonight hey jonathan um jonathan so uh yeah check out the other podcast right night and Stealing for survival. We're all on Pandora and all the big places now. Okay. So the topic tonight is job and identity. 
So it's kind of how the two go hand in hand and how, whether you like it or not, <clears throat> your job, especially if it's a career, but sometimes just working at McDonald's, it becomes a part of who you are and how you identify. You think it doesn't? Try not having a job for a while and suddenly you're like floundering and lost. But also we're going to mix that in with influencing your coworkers, how to deal with your boss or employees to A, fuck with them first and foremost, yay. B, manipulate them for fun and profit, just like Drowning Kittens, a book that Kevin and I wrote together. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't Still write... Still available. Still available on Amazon. <coughs> <laughs> we, can put in, we can write the next one, Manipulating Bosses and Employees mm. for Fun and Profit. <laughs> huh. I'll have to mm. make a note of that. <clears throat> so, yeah, both, both of us just went side note, stick it on the list. Yeah, <laughs> the list. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I don't have any... Well, I have a lot of open thoughts on this, but I've talked enough. They probably want to hear one of your dulcet tones. Ed, you were nodding a lot when I was talking about job, identity, etc. Oh, definitely for me. Definitely for me. I, as much as I hate to say it, I identify very well with my job. My job identifies very well with me. No, your job, so everybody knows, your security. Yeah, I've worked in private security industry now for 30 years. Got laid off several years ago. I was probably out of work four years, three of those years. I was taking care of my dad. But when he moved to a home, I was like, I don't want to do security no more. I'm going to do something else. Bullshit. <laughs> Doing security. <laughs> so I've known you almost your whole security career. Yeah. And before that, you were military. <clears throat> so you either like kicking ass or protecting people or a little of both. Uh, a little of both, probably. Yeah. It's a... Uh... I'm a shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had something else to go with this, but I've, I've pulled myself off track here. Um, so... For flock's sake. <laughs> Indeed. So, with uh, Jonathan, I could tell you a story about a vet today. <laughs> he came in. Anyhow, <clears throat> I won't go there. <laughs> so, when you were out of work, mm -hmm. and was is it, do you think it was just the fact that you work security, that that's your identity, or just having a job, that's your identity? Oh no! I, I I could not have a job. Oh, I remember I what I wanted to say. I could not have a Oops, job. Uh, here's Go ahead. here's what I was gonna say. Sorry, I didn't mean to ding the bell. I'm playing with the wire here. Um, <laughs> my wire is too short. And now it's time. Oh, it's all right. Yeah, it does. Um, okay. So if I ever become, you know, like a wealthy enough to support myself without having to work for demand. Mm -hmm. I think you two need to be my security team when I go to book <laughs> signings or live shows. Because it's always handy when you can have your security team right on stage with you doing the live show. Mm. But yeah, it's... Uh... I think... hmm? And... Uh... I'll let, yeah, so Ed can be, Ed's probably more actively trained than I am at the moment, so he can keep an eye out for immediate danger, and I'll keep his back covered for raccoons. 
Good looking at. <laughs> Actually, Kevin, I think I'd want you more for the up close, you know, watch the people in the crowd nearby and let Ed watch for further out threats. Watching crowds is a talent of mine, largely due to me not leading a lookout tower to do it. <laughs> <laughs> there is that too. But you did. I used to get too. I, I did, yeah, got a, quite a different kettle of fish. I worked leisure security, so I did big capacity venues. So I did stuff like uh, concerts, football matches. Uh, I used to work at Wem the old Wembley Stadium here in the UK. So, yeah, kind of similar but very different. I think, you know, the, the Ed and I would probably agree there's a, a different approach to it in a certain extent. But, um, but I used to get nagged uh, by my wife all the time uh, when we first started dating. She's like, she used to call it periscoping. And I've no idea I'm doing it. I still do it to this day. Walk, Ed will know exactly what I mean. <laughs> As I walk into a venue for the first time, my head goes up around like that and does a quick scan of the place before it settles back down again. <laughs> it's just like you're doing it again. You know, yeah. I, do, I do the same thing, but I need a chair to stand on to do it. <laughs> See, this is if you got me an Ed, you don't need that because one of us can pick you up. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna to have to use the right line. I'm not a you can, whore. You can ride, you can ride in on my shoulders. <laughs> Just no, no crop. So apparently, Kevin's pickup his line is, uh, "Who wants a horsey ride?" <laughs> Nay. <laughs> hey. So, Kevin, you were out of work earlier this year, right? Well, yeah, I'm a, I am now, technically. I mean, I wasn't out of work, per se. I was last year for a little bit as well. Was, I mean, was, your, heart, so. was your heart thing last year or was it this year? That was last year. It was last year. Man, yeah. how time flies when you're in 2020. Yeah, well, yeah uh, it was a year ago on the 1st of June this year. Was it 1st of June? Uh, yeah. I think it was February. Um, I'm rewriting your whole personal history in my head. So I, I had three months off in total for that between the event and my first sort of proper return to work i had a phased return thing for a few weeks where they I, literally i did like 10 hours a week it was ridiculous but part of com the company's fitness to return to work policy after x amount of weeks 10 hours a week um, so you worked a half day I, I did like two mornings yeah basically they just wanted to see that i was going to turn up and wasn't going to be out of breath at the end of a shift you know i wasn't going to I wasn't in danger of dying of a second heart attack before they let me come back. Yeah. Out of um, breath by the end of the shift, I guess you'd need some private time and lotion in the bathroom then. Mm -hmm. well, uh, what could I say? You know, they, 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 they had doubts about it, but less than six months later, I'm back to doing everything I always used to do. I can still pick up and throw a nine keg of veil around a cellar like it weighs a feather, so it hasn't affected me, thankfully. But, um, but yeah, when you were it, out of work... What'd that do to your head? Anything? Nothing? Vacation? Woohoo! For me, I mean, it, it does affect you, yeah. And I think it, it's it's going to be one of those things, like every topic we discuss, where to a certain extent it's personal to everybody, how it affects you. For me, it wasn't so much not having my job in terms of it being so much part of me, I didn't feel whole without it. What I missed was the pace because in the job that I work and you guys are aware of, of what was going on because I was still doing the tavern with you mm -hmm. at the time immediately prior to that that I was working you we don't need to go into it but you guys are aware of all the shit that happened in my work and the consequence was I've been working stupid amounts of hours per week for many many weeks and 
this sudden change of pace to go from that to not working at all for three months was incredibly difficult mentally for several weeks to make the adjustment. I think the, the thing is when something like that drastically alters your pace of life, if you like, or the amount of time that you, you dedicate to certain things and it throws the whole balance you're used to out of, it can take time to adjust to, to the new norm, if you like. And uh, your friend Flaming Bird says being on work gives you mental stimulation and socialization. And that's very true, too. The biggest thing I found about being in work versus being out of work <clears throat> is a sense of contributing and self-worth. Whatever you do, and this is why in the beginning I mentioned McDonald's or a full-blown career, just knowing you're contributing to your household by bringing in money or at least able to buy your own bourbon and gummies or whatever without having to look to somebody else every time you go out to get a bite to eat you've got no money it, it wears on you and I for me that's the biggest thing about working I could work or I could not work but I have to contribute in some way Thought yeah mm -hmm. go ahead you're right. You, you need to be doing something, like you said earlier, that the, the phrase is self-worth. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. If nothing else, even if you do nothing spectacular at work, you don't achieve a promotion, you know, you've got nothing to write home about. You're just literally turning up and punching your clock nine to five, Monday to Friday. There's still a sense of accomplishment. You do that and the consequences at the end of each month, another wage check comes and the bills get paid. And OK, that might not be fireworks and drama, but it's still accomplishment it's a sense of action and reward it is and uh i i could do without the mental stimulation and socialization part of work though because the older i get the less i want to deal with people and i just want to strangle them and kill them mostly yeah yeah which is uh Good thing you're in security work, because then you could probably have a valid excuse. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Me and my job, I cannot, and neither can Kevin. No, but I was just thinking, that could surely play into your favor if your job is as a serial killer. But it's usually the quiet. That's true. Anyway. <laughs> and Flaming Bird threw in, it's too peoply out there. <laughs> yep. Amen to that. Yeah, <clears throat> that's one reason I really. I, I understand though. I, I get quite acutely what you mean by that, though, Travis. I mean, so I'm now a manager. So as well as my own interaction with work, it's my responsibility to consider that on behalf of my staff as well. And for the second time now, dealing with not just a lockdown in the UK, but the specific targeting of our industry, hospitality and specifically pubs and hotels. Um, a lot of my staff are realizing now because they're all hardworking and we're, we're not an enormous team. Um, we're 44 employees, I think all told. Um, they interact with each other a lot of work to the extent that they probably spend more time with each other socially in work in some combination or another, depending on what team is on, than they do with their close friends socially outside of work. 
Yeah. And a few of them have commented now, you know, like, oh, you know, I, I can talk to all of my mates, so I can hang out and play online gaming. But weirdly, I miss work. I miss all of you. And it's because you don't realize because it's compulsory. All right. You might not like some of these people. You know, we've all worked with, oh, my God, I'm going to work with that prick today. But they are still an intrinsic part of your social network, whether they're your close buddies or not. They're still part of the people who interact with it every day. And when you take that away from somebody, that's a void that some people struggle to fill, especially if you don't have a big circle of friends to draw upon for, hey, spend time with me. I want to read a comment or two here. <clears throat> Jonathan there in chat says, that's how I am with civilians, referring to something a few minutes ago. It's weird to socially interact with them. Like I get out next year, I feel awkward knowing I won't be in the army anymore. Um, it is a tried and true fact, and I'm sure Ed can speak to this also. Military and law enforcement, when they retire, and by the way, it makes a difference how they react depending on their age, but pretty much every age reacts. Even those that are like, I'm happy to get out. There is mm -hmm. quite often depression. There is quite often... Uh, just a, a lost feeling. You, you've been institutionalized to some length within the military because that's how you work as a unit and function as a unit. And Ed, interrupt me if you've got something to say, otherwise I'll finish my thought and pass it over. You know, I, I, I've been out probably 15, 20 years now, and I do miss the structure. One of my frustrations on the job right now is the military. Take that fucking hill. Okay, that's it. You're off. You go take the fucking hill. In the civilian world, well, we need to do this, but we need to make sure we do this first, and we need to make sure we do that first, and if it doesn't work out this way, then we're going to switch gears. And What do you want me to do? What is the end game you want me to fucking achieve? Let me know, and I'll get it for you. And also with the military, instead of planning first, and then doing <laughs> second, they often do first, and then they see if it fucking worked, and write that shit down, that's how we're doing it next time. We'll do it that way next time. Right. Yeah. It, it worked. Until it doesn't work, that's how we're doing it. Or until somebody invents a better way. Um, but no, with military and law enforcement, it is, it, it's a camaraderie, it's a group psychology. And yeah. whether you've been in two years or 20 years, you have to readjust to the rest of the world when you get out. And that is something you need to have certain things in place. And by the way, the military shows you this stuff. They point at it going, look, this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and most of the young folks in there are just like, yeah, whatever. Not realizing, no, they're fucking telling you for a reason. So what I'm telling you, Jonathan, is go talk to somebody now. And go, hey, I'm getting out in here. What's the adjustment like? What's in place to help me with this? Because I know I'm going to miss it and lose the structure. And But I tell you what, that first month you come out of the military, man, I would want you as a fucking employee because you will do any goddamn thing I tell you without questioning me. And it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. Three months later, you're a little less. A year later, you're like, just fuck it all. Why are you telling me to do anything? So, <clears throat> what about the whole influencing co-workers? Oh, thank you there, Ed. Appreciate that. 
felt Jib cheered. X300. We all deal with co-workers all day long. And sometimes we yeah. want to be... <laughs> well, for some of us, our customers can be our co-workers. Or at least it's a human being within the job that you have to be aware of. But there's times you want to manipulate them to make them laugh, to make your day better. Other times to make them actually do the work they're fucking avoiding doing. Um, other times just to get them to leave you alone. So, Kevin, you've got to be a master at this, running your own everything. Sometimes. I don't think anyone ever is, because the problem is you can't take a single linear approach to a team. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can to a certain extent. They, you know, that you can, to a certain extent, say these are the rules and everybody on this team has to work within those rules. That, that sort of definition is fine. But in terms of your response to how somebody throws an individual problem at you, you do tend to have to be a bit creative. I just want to know how you manipulate them. How I manipulate them? Yes. Because um, we all do it guilt. to some point. Guilt? I mean, guilt? In my, yeah. In my trade, there's this tendency to, there's this misconception that your manager in hospitality, you know, he's the guy who all his job all day long is, is to deal with the Karens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, uh, and it's not necessarily an unfair accusation, but there's this conception anyway that managers have all come out of a university or a business course degree somewhere, you mm -hmm. know. They're unlikely to have been guys who started off washing dishes or cooking or whatever. So I have the benefit not only of having done that, but I know most of their jobs inside out. And unlike a lot of managers, I can actually do the work as well as, if not better than, my staff. So if someone's slacking off, I'll go and start doing their job, literally right there in front of them, in front of the rest of the team. If they're not doing it, I'll do it and show them up. And nine times out of ten, the last thing you want is your boss making you look like a prick in front of your mates. It's surprisingly motivational. Hmm. Now, Ed, you were shaking your head a lot during that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was just wondering what was run through your head that was making it shake back and forth like that. <clears throat> uh, it, it ran out. It, ran, <laughs> it wandered away. <laughs> See, when I'm at work, and, and it varies from job to job, I always try to, when I have the manager alone... Well, after the uh, spankings, then the oral sex. But after that, I try to show a little sympathy and understanding to the manager because the manager almost never gets that from their employees. But I've been in the manager position. And I don't do it in front of anybody else because it's not fucking sucking up. It's just, hey, I know you're a person too and you're tired of shit. And usually they seem to appreciate that. With other employees, you work on them in different directions. You, you find out a common thing they like, whether they're into their cars or their video games or whatever. And you make sure you ask about that, you know, hey, how you doing on whatever they do, you know, how much weed did you smoke last night, you stoner motherfucker? We all work with one of those, right? Three. <laughs> I can tell you right now who they are and I can tell you which two don't know I know. <laughs> 
This holiday season, we all wish for hope and healing. Children and families who spend their holidays at the hospital deserve a reason to believe in first steps, in giggles, high fives, and hugs. For 150 years, Children's National Hospital has provided world-class care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to help patients and healthcare heroes this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org holiday. That's childrensnational.org holiday. job today. wonder if he'll make it through his uh, drug test. How many stoners does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. How many? Who cares, man? It was too bright in there anyway. It's true. It's true. So what about you, Ed? Who do you manipulate? Because aren't you like in a shack by yourself waving cars through? No, no, I, well, my crew size changes throughout the year depending on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's a minimum of two of us. It can be as, as many as six of us. Now, on the team um, that rotates shifts or in the same physical on a, location? On a shift. On a shift. On okay. a shift. Yeah, yeah, on it. So, uh, I don't really manipulate anybody because, I don't know. Too, I, I don't know. I mean, yes, I, I do what you do as far as meeting people on sharing an interest with them. I think mm-hmm. that's a sign of a good le- a good leader, period. Find out what they're like, you know, talk to them, make them feel bullshit, bullshit. Right. right. And th- that is a form of ni- manipulation just because it's not a selfish form of manipulation where you're trying to get sure. something out of them. Sure. But you are. You're trying to make the workplace more Fill pleasant. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Build the team. Even if you're not the leader of the team, you want to fucking build the team unless you're just an idiot or asshole. Yeah. I don't know. I just had a bad experience with a young man, so... Understand. I'm healing. I'm healing. (laughs) Next time, lotion. Yeah, yeah, we got yep, that. Big time, no show. Oh. <laughs> Today was... A... Anyhow, something you'll find out here at the Tavern, we very rarely want to talk about anything on air that happened in our job in the past 30 days. <laughs> and even 30 it's days, like a... depending on what it is and how memorable it is, it might need to go six to nine months if it's huge. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're we're, walk, we're still walking around in public, employed in these jobs tomorrow. Yeah, and we'd right. like to stay that way. That's right. As as much as often, if you're watching the video feed live with us, you can see the smirking at the corner of our mouths as we itch to say something we know we can't get away with saying on air. Well, something else <laughs> you'll see we we never mention names of people at work when we no. tell a story, even if that person would absolutely fucking know we're talking about them. Um, we just don't mention. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't care how grievous or wrong you've done me either. I'll at least do you the personal discourtesy of not dragging your trash through the public. Because frankly, if you're bad enough to warrant me telling a story on the tavern about you, you're bad enough to fuck your own career up without my help. <laughs> or good enough to be entertaining. There's been plenty of stories we've told about close oh, friends and coworkers where we adore this person. It's a great story, but we're not saying their name. Or their gender, 
and we disguise her voice and put that little shadowy thing over him. Mm-hmm. So it's just an angry alien robot shadow thing. <clears throat> I don't even know what that means, Jonathan. Jonathan, it's all OSHA violations at my work. Get a different lube. What's wrong with you? <laughs> how Bob is. <laughs> I saw Bob uh, two weekends ago. He said he was going to start tuning in again. That would be awesome. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you've seen him. Yeah, he's still out there representing he, the brotherhood. He doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you compare tan lines? No, no, not this. <laughs> yeah, so he, he was telling. It, it was about. It was just 10 of us in the room, and he was telling everybody uh, how he's a brother. Just 10 of us. What kind of room were you in? It was a birthday party. Oh. God, did he wear his birthday suit? No. I think he's afraid. He he didn't get that point oh four percent fly. That's a really dark mole on the shaft. (laughs) (laughs) You should have a doctor look at that, and not just that woman that dresses up like a nurse for 20 bucks. (laughs) Bob was great. He's our original troll. I miss him. So, how do you make your life better at work when dealing with customers or other employees bourbon and cigar after work not a bad idea yeah you just like stand yeah, right it's, go ahead Ed. it's got a point I mean the number of angry situations in work I've defused by giving someone a bollocking in the middle of the shift and tearing strips off of them and then at the end of that shift, buying them a beer and saying, hey, look, that's that shift out of the way. Let's not do this again tomorrow. And just simply the act of buying someone a beer, even though <laughs> my company paid for them. Um, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it, uh, but it's the fact that you stop and socialize with them, even if it's just for five minutes, even if you just chug a quick one with them and then leave them to chat to their mates or you go your separate ways or whatever. The fact that you draw a line under the fact that this is not personal. You know, I'm, I'm training another person up to do my job in the hopeful eventuality of my own promotion. And one of the things she's struggled with because she's come up from within the team and she's excellent and probably will be great at it. But one of the things she's struggled with is the fact that she's very popular with everybody and she likes everybody. And so therefore she's great <laughs> at the team building. <laughs> Terrible when she has to bollock someone. Right. No, trust me, they'll like it better. Yeah, yeah, and and so teaching her, uh, unfortunately, with great power comes great responsibility. That you know you have to accept that you can either be a boss or everybody's best mate, but not both. You, it doesn't mean you have to be an arsehole or be hated by everybody, but you can't be everybody's friend all right. of the you, time. There will come a time where you you have to do your job. You've just got rather to than be their friend. You've just got to turn around on them to where they want to please you instead of you wanting to please them. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. but I mean, but the, you the make... point I'm mm-hmm. the point is that if you do have to 
talk to somebody in a negative way because your job demands it. Make sure they understand once the heat of the moment has passed, however you do so, whether it's a beer at the end of work, a quiet five-minute chat the following morning or, or whatever, that they understand that you did so because their job and your job demand that that's the way you behave and yeah. you don't you don't accept variation right. on that. That's it's not personal. That's what I'm I didn't trying. have a dig at you because I don't like you. I just don't like you not doing your job right. That's what I'm trying to tie into there, Kevin. You make them Sorry. want your respect. You you make them want to please you, not like in the back room or anything. Just, you know, as the boss, they want to make you happy. So you like them, so you're nice to them. So, you know, beating them down in public and then later giving a pat on the back and a cookie. Yeah, you turn it around on them. So if you're a people pleaser, it's hard to be a boss where you've got to, you know, kick somebody in the ass once in a while. Because you don't want to hurt feelings. You want everybody to like you. Let me ask you about this, because I have one of these that I deal with. You know that person that is just so charming and nice and laughs a lot and makes all that jokes, but they're the first person one to put it first person to put a knife in somebody's back or push <laughs> them into the street. So they're not throwing them under the bus. They're just shoving them in front of it and pointing. Look what they're doing. How the fuck do you deal with that person? I divorced her. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to reinforce to them at some point and it can be tricky because you it's not something you can really be head on it's not like a confrontational thing but you've got to remind them in subtle ways that your personality is not what got you hired you know the, the how you are in the workplace as a person and you perform as an employee are two separate entities and you are rewarded for one and the other one has no impact otherwise what they're doing is and i've seen it before you're right they could they they'll put a lot of effort into being everybody's best friend because that's their armor against not having to strive but when somebody's not around they're talking shit yeah or they're actually not even the shit talkers, the subtle, oh, and then somebody did this. And there's only one person it could be. They just fucking said the person without saying their name. And now I'll add this. So I, what if they're your boss and they're like that? Nice, huh? Yeah. It could be trickier. I mean, it, it depends on <laughs> your company structure as well, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it can be tricky, especially if you're in a position where you can't really sidestep or go above and you got to deal with it directly. That's the problem, you know, because everybody at the end of the day is accountable. I think people tend to, again, you know, it depends on the structure, but your boss is not infallible any more than you are or the people below you or the people above him. Everybody's accountable for their job. Yeah, I'm certainly never. I've, I've never been afraid. If a boss has stepped out of line and acted unreasonably or unfairly, rather than just bollocked me because I deserved it because I fucked up or underperformed, I'm not afraid to call them out on that. Mm. Yeah, I'm not unless even talking about me getting unless, a unless you're talking about some kind of major, you know, career-ending decision. But if it's over trivial bullshit, don't be prepared to stand your ground just because someone has a bigger job than you. 
I've always had the, uh, no, no, they're much too subtle to have to stand your ground, and if you start standing your ground, it makes you look like the dick. Mind you, I, I'm six foot eight. I find standing my ground, especially quite close to you, is normally quite effective. It's always fun at work. The job I'm doing now, I'm sitting down and people stand in front of my table and they have this big plastic shield between me and them. Mm-hmm. And you get close standers where they, they almost put their junk up on the little plastic shield. So I'm sitting down and they don't even have to be that tall, but now I'm like this, looking up at them. And then you get these young guys who have their pants, like like if they got a heart on, their penis would like poke its head up over their waistband and go, dude, what's going on? Um, and there are times I'm like, hey, can you pull those up until we're done talking? Because I'm staring straight at your junk and it's awkward. And I have said that on work time with the employees next to me going, I mean, I don't tell them, hey, that looks horrible. That's not cool. You shouldn't do that. I'm like, I can see your stuff. Can you pull that up? Because I'm not enjoying it. See, that's manipulation. (laughs) No, that's somewhat like it is. Probably twice a week, I see one of my coworkers' heads jerk to look at me when I say something to somebody. That they're just like, I don't believe you just said that. There's been times I'm helping a... I do the hiring for Amazon. So there's times where I'm like, if you do this, it'll fix that. And the person starts telling me a story. I'm like, uh, uh. If you do that, did you do that yet? Do that now. It will fix that. And there's times other people are telling me stories. I'm like, stop, 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 stop. Look, I have a line. And if I didn't have a line, I could listen to you for a long time. But I have a line. So, I don't want to be rude, but I don't care. I want to give you a job instead. And yeah, it's always fun to see the other employees look at me like, did you just say that? Yeah, because it's true. <laughs> it's, uh, today. Uh, that thing you were saying, the, mm-hmm. the thing you just said about uh, co-workers' heads turning and snapping and looking at you. Yeah, I, I identify with that. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, and I'm not even all that bold or brash or whatever. Just sometimes I, there was one woman today, one of my female co-workers had a woman in front of her and the, the co-worker is super nice, just really super duper, genuinely a nice damn person, soft spoken and quiet, but intelligent. And she commented on this person's driver's license because we're checking id to make sure you know they can legally work in the country and stuff that set this woman off over the next 15 to 20 minutes because this woman wouldn't stop talking we learned about her brother who was in (laughs) va care who died of cancer and you know because of covid couldn't get help two years later he finally gets help after he's been dead for two years and how the family is doing this and that is doing and afterwards, my coworker looked at me going, it was like an hour, hour and a half later. She's like, uh, Travis, how do you get somebody to stop talking? I'm like, well, first of all, don't get them talking. Um, second of all, smile and nod and do your job and don't pay a damn attention to anything they're mm-hmm. saying because it doesn't matter. Yep. And then when you look up 
and smile and nod and open your mouth to talk. They can tell even with the mask on that you're opening your damn mouth to talk. They don't stop, hold up a finger and go, let me interrupt for a moment. I just want to tell you about this. And then you interrupt them and you tell them. And they're going to respect that. And then if they keep on talking, the more they don't let me talk, the less information they get out of me about what they need to know. There have been people, like the gentleman I told you about at the very end of the day today, Ed. He -hmm. got such minimal information. It boiled down to, by the way, everything we tell him is all in emails. So we're just reiterating what they need to read anyway. But his came down to, read your emails. They're important. Go over there. (laughs) We're done. And by the way, he didn't understand those directions either. So he's like, I got to check my email right now. And I'm like, no. Just read them as they come in and do what's in them. And he's like staring at the phone in his hand and back at me. I deal with inboarding for a lot of our stuff. Um, I deal with inbreeding. uh, Well, (coughs) I don't deal with that. I don't encourage it. I don't stop it either. What they do in their own time is their business. Um, (laughs) There's always the same scenario when I take on a new star. So our, our system is called GKI. It's the online system that has all your payroll, everything, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And like any new job, you, you sign your digital contract and then you go on there and there's a simple section to fill in that's just got your basic details. I'm not even talking your bank details because payroll take care of that. It's stuff like your next of kin, your contact telephone number, some real basic level information, you know. And until you fill that form in, and literally the first time you log into GKI, which is the simplest thing in the world, it's your email and the password, welcome one. Um, so it's not difficult to get into. You give me a minute, I'm going to get a job form. here. No, yeah, you know, sorry, you'd need an employee number as well. Um, talk to me after the show, I can probably hire you. Um, we'll, get, we'll get you a consultant's job or something. You can be a long distance e-waiter. Um, <laughs> I can appear on screen. I I can hire you as a translator in case I get any American customers. Um, (laughs) Hey, y'all. I say, I say. The same pattern will happen all the time. You've got 28 days from the moment you're employed until payday. Um, And first week, don't forget, you haven't filled in your first form on GKI. You can't do anything on GKI until you fill this form in. It's literally an obligatory completion when you log in for the first time, yeah, to open it up. Second week, you haven't filled your GKI in. I'm getting reminder emails still. Can you go and do it? Yes, boss, no problem. I'll do that tonight. Week three, can you please do your GKI onboarding? You won't be able to use anything on there or see your payslip coming up soon if you haven't completed it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely do that today. Week four, if you don't do GKI by Friday morning, you won't get paid. Done 20 minutes later. That's actually... Every new employee ever for the last four years. (laughs) See, Kevin, that's what I open with when I'm telling these folks. Okay, (laughs) what you're expecting is we're waiting on this and this to come back. And then you're going to get these documents in an email and a training video. Most of these things you're getting are required to be completed before you can be allowed in the building to work. 
So, you got to fill these out to get paid. That's kind of important. You might want to do them. And this is why when everybody else is giving these people a five-minute spiel, an explanation with so many words, you don't cling to any of them. I keep it short and sweet and stress the importance, and they do all the shit that I tell them to do because I kept it simple. Watch your email. Do what's in them. You'll be okay. There are people out there that still struggle with that. Though. There is. They, there is. Absolutely. They, they just but there's are. less. They just go online, log into the computer, put in your zip code, look at the jobs, apply for one of those jobs. Mm-hmm. And then there's the thousand questions that follow when you tell them those simple instructions. And immediately in my mind, it's like, can't follow those simple directions. I don't want you. (laughs) Another thought I have besides that is they don't want to work. They're looking for the way out. Somebody told them, you will get your ass off the couch and go there and do this today. And they're just looking for any reason to not have to come back again. So, yeah, there's those types. Definitely. Okay. Any other good stories or thoughts? I, on... I got a good boss story I'd like okay. to share. It's probably a little bit along the lines of manipulating your boss. I was, I was at work one day about 10, 15 years ago, and my boss was just in a mood. And we were getting ready to have a meeting, and I smarted off something that had nothing to do with the meeting, just something smarted off somebody else. And she looks at me, and she's like, I'm fired your ass. Like, what the fuck? Okay, so I shut up, had the meeting, the meeting went on. My boss and I used to need to work together also. Meeting went on, got in the car to come home. I'm fuming a little bit. She says something to me. I was like, so you're going to fire my ass, huh? And she's like, yeah, I'll fire your ass. You ain't nothing special. So, okay, you pay all the fucking bills yourself then. My boss was my wife. <laughs> she backed off on that fire in my ass. <laughs> it's, I, I, I'm glad I didn't ask in the middle of the story because I was about to. I'm just like, wait a minute. You were for Teresa 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> well, especially once you said you commuted together. I'm like, wait a minute. It's, uh, <clears throat> I think it's important to manipulate and let yourself be manipulated by others. It's a way of working together. It's a way of bonding and and communicating. Because remember, manipulation could be just letting them know they're part of the team, you know, and they're welcoming the little inner jokes and all that. On the other hand... That's... Mm-hmm, okay, okay. I was going to say, you make a very good point there that hadn't occurred to me, that yes, that's very much another form of workplace manipulation that works is knowing other people's little games. We know Mm. exactly what we mean, you know, and letting them play them anyway. In situations where you know they're not going to cause a lot of damage by doing it, sometimes just capitulating and letting them get away with the shit you know they're going to pull Mm. is a way of manipulating them. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. And it's important to let them manipulate you on some level, too, you know, to just have that give and take, basically, is what it boils down to. 
know, any closing thoughts before I go into the wrap-up here on anything we talked about or anything else? Kevin, anything? Nothing specific that leaps out at me, I don't think, no. Just, uh, you know, it's... Go ahead, Kevin. I was going to say, just just it's an interesting point for anybody who's never a great deal of time outside of work to maybe just take five minutes and consider how much of your life is identified by what you do for a living. It's it's something that you don't often consider unless you've been forced to step outside that perspective. Mm-hmm. It's true. Ed, closing thoughts? No, I'm good. I'll wrap it up by saying your job may or may not be part of your identity. Your work ethic is definitely part of your identity. The, the value you bring to your household and those around you outside of work, even if that means going to bars with your friends or, or coming home to your family or just your pets, having that income, having that time away from house so you can appreciate when you go to the house, it all makes a difference and it makes part of who you are a very real thing. Okay, with those thoughts, I want to thank everybody for throwing all their bids, Ed and Andrea and Kevin for the subs. Thank you very much for all that, guys. I want to thank everybody who joined us tonight um, here in the tavern, whether you joined us on podcast or joined us in the actual live stream. It is uh, definitely appreciated. I'm going to check the mailbag real quick, see if we got anything in there that we need to read off. Clickety-click-click. And uh, for those of you that don't know, you can always email us your thoughts on the podcast at talkofthetavernshow at gmail.com. That's talkofthetavernshow at gmail.com. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, thanks for all the bits, hosts, subs, raids, merchandise you purchased, our supporters on Patreon and PayPal. And uh, we're going to call this a night, and we'll catch you again next time. Thanks for Good night, everyone. Tonight. You are the one thing that makes the show what it is. Don't forget to join us at the tavern next week. Until then, have fun, keep learning, and be good to one another. Now, raise your glass in good cheer. Enjoy the small moments every day and steamy dreams every night. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. 
Need appliances? Don't wait for Black Friday. Get to Bray Friday. Going on now at Bray & Scarf. Make your one-on-one -on -one VIP appointment for huge appliance savings in-store and online. Get doorbuster deals like a GE 27 cubic foot stainless steel French door refrigerator with fingerprint resistant finish for just $15.99. Save $700. Don't miss the Bray Friday savings. Shop local at Bray & Scarf, where it doesn't cost more to get more.